Well, are you feeling under control? Are you on top of everything? Are you organized for Christmas? Are you ready? We spend much of our lives actually trying to be ready, trying to make everything look good, to appear we're in control, show that we're on top of things. And actually, this plays out, especially at Christmas time, I think. Finding the right presents, wrapping them up beautifully, serving the perfect lunch, tender turkey not dry, nice Brussels sprouts, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we write upbeat Christmas letters or post stuff on Facebook or Instagram. And on Christmas Day, we put on the nice Christmas Day clothes. And, you know, we want really just to actually have an amazing day, a perfect day, everything to be totally wonderful. And relatives to behave, none of the family sort of stuff to blow up. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we want, don't we, to have a happy Christmas, a perfect Christmas, it's kind of like a magazine Christmas like you see in the magazines, don't you? I want to suggest this morning that the Christmas story is a really important story because it just reminds us that life is really messy. It's a messy, messy business we're in. And actually, you see the messiness of life in Mary's story. She experiences a lot of mess. Why does she experience mess? Mary, in her life, I want to suggest this morning, experiences mess because she has seasons of great light, seasons of great darkness, and lots of seasons of living in the shade, an inevitable consequence of living in the light and darkness. I want to explain a bit what I mean by all of that, so here we go. Seasons of light are those times when everything appears to be going really, really well. And uh, there's a lot to celebrate. And, you know, Mary undoubtedly experienced great seasons of light. Meeting Joseph, we've just read the story, the man of her dreams. They think she was about 13, and that must have been a great highlight. Hearing him ask uh, to marry him must have been another one, if you can remember that experience yourself, if you are married. From biblical accounts, it does appear that the whole encounter with Gabriel, telling her that she was going to get pregnant through the power of God and give birth to God's son, Jesus, was another great experience of joy for her. And she's full of joy, isn't she, when she visits Elizabeth. If you look at Luke 1, she sings this great song, praising God later on in that chapter. And then we've just heard of the birth of Jesus, the final coming of the Messiah to the world, that the, the patriarchs, the prophets, uh, everyone's been aching to happen. She's there, and she gives birth to him. And not just at this point in her life, but over the course of her life, Mary experiences great lightness. Uh, imagine what it would have been like watching uh, you know, Jesus do the miracles, heal people, bring hope to people. Uh, imagine how proud she must have been when um, people complimented his teaching and who, where did he get this authority from? And she has this amazing experience of light, those seasons where things are going well and she has much uh, to celebrate. I think uh, this means for us as people, and we see this in the world, that actually there's a lot of light in the world, and we have lots to celebrate this year. Uh, 
And, you know, I was really struck. There's all sorts of things we could pick. But in the carol services last year, I thought that Tear Fund video, just showing the light Tear Fund is bringing to the world through some of their work, that's something really to celebrate. And there have been lots of other stories, too. I don't know whether you picked up the story. It's, it's, it's been highlighted as one of the great feel-good stories of this year, of the little five-year-old Afghani uh, boy who made his own messy uh, football top out of a blue and white striped plastic bag, which he scribbled on the back, Messi. And that went viral on social media. And uh, actually, Messi went to meet him and gave him a, a proper shirt. So there's lots of light in the world, isn't, isn't there, as we look around it. And I am sure this year in our own lives, we will have experienced light, stuff that we can celebrate like Mary and give thanks for and be very, very grateful uh, to God for. And we can do this in big ways. We can do this uh, in little ways. And, you know, I'm very thankful this year. It's been a good year uh, for the Norris family. You know, our boys are in a good place. One of them started a new school. That's gone well. And so it's light. You know, we're celebrating. And uh, there's a little instances of light, too. I went for a mountain bike ride uh, last week, and I went up St. Um, Martha's. And I startled a couple of deer. And uh, I sort of carried on. I had a deer on either side of me running like this for about five or six seconds. That's what I felt like Father Christmas. And, um, but it was one of those moments. I mean, it's just like, wow, that was just amazing. You know, it was, a, it was a something of light, something to celebrate. So I'm saying, um, actually, Mary experienced light. We see light in the world. And we've got stuff to give thanks for this year in our own lives. In life, though, we also experience seasons of darkness, don't we? When actually we can feel like our lives are falling apart. And Mary experienced the darkness, too. Being chosen to bear God's son actually wasn't as easy as it sounds. And I think one of the, one of the realities of hearing this story is we can forget what it must have been like for her. Uh, Mary's story, actually, is full of risk and danger. And... She risked being killed or stoned uh, if people didn't believe her story that God had got her pregnant. Uh, her family probably would have been ostracizing her because uh, they brought great social shame and stigma to her. I remember when I was 14, actually, at school, a friend of mine, a girl, um, she got pregnant by this guy in, in the local town. And I'll never forget just watching her walk to her car. She was kicked out of school. And I'll never forget watching the headmaster walk with her mum and dad, both with their heads down, this girl in the middle of them, and him just opening the car door, putting them all in, boom, never saw her again. So we mustn't sort of read this story in a, in a sort of uh, sentimental kind of way. There's challenges here for Mary. And of course, um, she nearly lost Joseph, the man of her dreams, and there was all sorts of other darkness there, wasn't there? Obviously, no parent, they say, should ever have to bury their child. Mary had to do that. She had to watch Jesus be very badly mistreated and crucified. And she experienced great darkness, watched all his friends he'd invested so much time in just deserting him. And he's, there she is, her son, her beautiful boy. So Mary experienced darkness, and I want to suggest uh, we'll experience darkness too 
in our own lives. And we see darkness in the world. Don's already alluded it, to it in our prayers this morning. ISIS, atrocities, Aleppo, child abuse, scandals in football. You've heard all of the stories. And so we do experience darkness too. And in our own lives, um, you know, we have tough stuff going on, don't we? Sometimes it's less intense than others. But I know many people in the church uh, have had a difficult year this year. And uh, some people have lost loved ones. Some people have got very, very sick and have very uncertain futures with various treatments. And there's some real challenges out there. And I think it's important at Christmas time uh, to acknowledge uh, the reality of some of these things uh, that are happening. I've been fortunate this year. In my own life, I have had times of real darkness. You know, those awful times where you just wonder what's going on, where's God, and am I going to get through? I haven't had a year like that this year, but there have been dark days, you know, of uh, feeling stressed out or just overwhelmed or all the stuff we feel from time to time. We also, I want to suggest this morning, experience the shadows. What do I mean by that? Those times actually in life where we feel really just totally confused or unsettled or perplexed uh, in our faith, in our relationships, in our families. And uh, this is also a reality of our human experience. And I think you see this in Mary's life too, as well as the light and the darkness. You see her wrestling with big questions and feeling very, very perplexed. She had many perplexing experiences. You know, I think the other one is she lost Jesus for three days. You know, it started quite early. You know, she can't find him. And she, she finds him in the temple. Of course I'd be here, she says. That must have been quite very confusing, very perplexing. And also she has other moments of real confusion as well. Um, you know, think of the time when she goes to grab Jesus. She's worried about Jesus. He's teaching. He's getting into trouble. And his, she goes with her other children to grab Jesus. And Jesus just says, hey, someone says your mother and brothers and sisters are here. He just ignores them and says, hey, you guys, you're my mothers and brothers and sisters. Mary's outside. It's perplexing. It's confusing. And uh, it's a reality of being human. And there are many, many shadows, I want to suggest, many perplexing things in in the world today, aren't there? It seems to be quite perplexing at the moment. There's all sorts of articles about the new political order and what's happening in America and in this country and who knows what's going to happen with Brexit and what deal we're going to get. And we just don't know. Who knows what's going to happen in America? We just don't know. How's all this going to play out? We, we just don't know. It's confusing and perplexing. And of course, in our own lives, we do experience the shadows. We have those unanswered questions, those niggles, those mysteries, don't we? Why did that happen? Why, why, did, why are they ignoring me? Why aren't, I, why aren't my children inviting me for Christmas? Why didn't they say thank you for that? Or even bigger, bigger questions. So we experience, I want to suggest this morning, uh, the shadows too. So I want to say, you know, the Christmas story is an important story because it just, hello, reminds us that life is messy. We experience light, darkness, and shadows. 
And actually, uh, it's good to own this stuff, uh, even though we struggle to own the reality of this stuff, because we often like tidy lives, don't we? We just want a world, we just want a world of light. We want a life just full of light. Uh, I certainly do. Uh, but actually, that's not our human uh, experience. Uh, life's messy. Relationships are complex. Outcomes are uncertain. People are irrational. And even though we'd prefer to have a tidy life that's under our control, just full of light, it's just not like that. That's just not our experience of life at the end of the day. So I want to suggest, having heard this story, that it's important that we stop, and I'm speaking to myself as much as anyone else, hoping for a tidy life and trying to live a tidy life and to have the perfect Christmas and the perfect this or perfect that because it's just not real. So let's watch any unrealistic expectations. And if you're going for the perfect Christmas, uh, you are going to be disappointed. That sounds negative, but there's always stuff flares up, doesn't it? It always flares up. Uh, there's always challenges, there's always struggles amidst the joy and the wonder of it all. And we need to be people, uh, and this happens, I think, when we grow up and mature, uh, who can hold the tensions and live the tensions and walk in the tensions of not a black and white world or just a, a white world, but actually quite a gray and complex one. So I'm saying that the Christmas story reminds us that life is messy. And I'm hoping to encourage you by saying this, by the way, not discourage you. But also, what's bizarre about the Christmas story, what's the most significant about the Christmas story, is that it reminds us that God enters into the mess. God enters into the mess. And he enters into the mess how, well, as we've heard, by becoming human which if you think about it is extraordinary, that God comes, he is fully divine, he's fully God, but he's also fully human. This is the wonder of Christmas. And what's extraordinary is this is real. It's not a fake. Jesus fully enters our experience of life to encounter us. And so that means he actually too experiences light, he experiences darkness, and he experiences life in the shadows. And you see that in his life, don't you? What about the light? Think of the, I don't know what you'd pick, you know, the words his father speaks to him at his baptism. This is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. It's an experience of light. Imagine what it must have been like actually just doing all the stuff he did, seeing God use him so powerfully. It's extraordinary light. But he also experiences darkness too, doesn't he? And uh, the crucifixion, the events leading up to the crucifixion. Bizarrely, I mean, my Bible readings at the moment, I'm a bit out of step, and I'm reading the last chapters of Jesus' life in Matthew's Gospel at the moment. And it's, it's actually quite a good thing to do at this time of year, because you kind of remember, you hear all the carols and the stories about the birth of Jesus, but also you remember where it's all going. And he experiences great perplexing questions too as well, Jesus. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We can feel that, can't we? In the shadows, in the darkness. 
What's fascinating is that in the same way that we struggle with the mess, to accept the mess of life, the church has always struggled to accept God entering into the mess of human life. And the church, actually, if you look at church history, has tried to rewrite the story of actually what God has done in taking on human flesh. And, you know, the early church really struggled that God would become human and actually Mary would give birth because it's such a messy process. If you've been at the birth of a baby, it's quite messy. And the, the early church struggled with that. It's not God. We can't have God doing that. And they struggled with the fact that Jesus would have gone through uh, Mary's birth canal. So they started to rewrite the story. And the early church, some of them said there was a sort of um, supernatural caesarean section happened. And it was all much cleaner. It wasn't messy. And the church has rewritten the story down the years. And there were early, the first 300 years, lots of heresies in the church around Jesus being fully human, fully divine. And the church struggles with that because we can't have a God who, who really does enter our experience or mess. And that was sorted out about 300 years in. And also the church started to slightly sentimentalize the story to cope with it and uh, sugarcoat it. And, you know, it, it's really become a kid's story, the, the Christmas story. And we say, don't we, oh, Christmas is great for the kids. Have you heard that? Oh, it'll be all right this year. There are going to be kids there. It's going to be fine. It's a kid's story. They'll keep it. It's not a children's story. It's just a really wild, full-on story, the Christmas story. I don't know whether you've been to many nativity plays where there's been Herod, who's suddenly appeared and killed all the two-year-old children, boys, or under in Bethlehem. Have you, have you, we edit the story, don't we? We can't really handle the wildness, the messiness of the story, or really the wonder of what God has done. So what I'm wanting to do this morning is just try to remind us of the reality of our experience of life and really the wonder of what God uh, has done, this God who's entered in the mess. And actually, you know, as we encounter mess, we need to remember the Christmas message is that God is with us. He's for us, and he's with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And life is messy, but love is messier. His love is messy. He comes into our lives, into the light, into the darkness, into the shadows, and walks with us and he's for us. And he's there in your light, he's there in your darkness, and he's there in the shadows. So wherever you are this Christmas, I just really encourage you to encounter him and know he's with you, he's for you. Whether you've had a year that's full of light, a year that's full of darkness, or you'll find yourselves in the doldrums, in the shadows. And you know, we're not in control, but God is. We can't clear up the mess, but he can and is, and is going to fully do this. And he's actually coming back to sort out the mess. And that's actually what we celebrate at this time of year in Advent, not just looking back to everyone aching for him to come, not just looking at his life and celebrating it and his birth, but also looking ahead to when he's going to return and come back and restore all things. So this Christmas... Come to the one who loves you and is going to return in order to restore all things and overcome all the darkness. Amen.